Welcome to DLA Piper's Better Contracts podcast series. My name is Vicki Lee, and I'm a partner in the commercial contracts team based in Silicon Valley here at DLA Piper. Welcome to today's episode. I'm here together with my partners, Greg Tolquois, based in Paris, Thilo von Bodigan, based in Munich, and they're my two co-chairs of our global commercial contracts practice. We also have here with us our partner, Alessandro Ferrari, who's based in Milan. In many ways, and for a number of years, technology has enabled companies to reach more customers with their products and services around the world faster and easier. Where those customers are consumers, with that customer reach also comes a challenge of having to meet a complex framework of consumer protection constraints. Those that address everything from data privacy to supply chain and manufacturing disclosures and how orders and payments are processed. Today, with my partners, we will explore some of these consumer protection requirements and provide some suggestions for best practices in navigating what can be a complex and ever-evolving regulatory framework. When a company launches a consumer-facing business, the regulatory framework applicable to that business must be considered. Here in the U.S., we not only need to contend with laws at the federal level, but companies outside the U.S., often forget that we have 50 different state laws to also address. While some of these state laws have some level of alignment, for example, nearly all states have adopted some version of the Uniform Commercial Code, state-level consumer protection laws can vary widely. Having to consider the laws of 50 states plus federal laws often comes as quite a shock to companies who are launching their business in the U.S. For my colleagues in Paris, Munich, and Milan, What are the consumer protection frameworks in your countries, and is there anything that a company would find surprising when entering your market? Greg? Sure, I'll start with France. Thank you, Vicky. Here, there's a huge premium on consumer protection, and the law goes pretty far uh, to ensure that the weaker party is always protected. Regulations on distant sales to consumers are approximately in line with the original consumer protection directive. The three 2019 directives on consumer protection have been fully implemented, but there are a few requirements that are more demanding than the directives. For example, when you describe warranties, you must use mandatory language that is presented in a certain way, and the contents of the warranty may not be varied. Regarding platforms, France has had in place for years provisions that govern dealings between online platform operators and users. And this was even before the uh, EU P2B, Platform to Business Regulation. And now with the DSA, Digital Services Act, the EU has revisited in depth the law governing technical intermediaries, including online platforms. And this will have to be harmonized with pre-existing French law. Another Perhaps important and salient point of French consumer law is that it very aggressively prohibits unfair terms, misleading and aggressive commercial practices, and and there are some very heavy criminal sanctions here at stake. Also, I'd like to flag a a little-known fact. When French law applies, a professional may not limit its liability vis-à-vis French consumers. This is very important to know. And there are also specific requirements in addition, such as, for example, setting forth the right to be placed on a do-not-call list, informing consumers regarding the fact that you'll be archiving contracts for 10 years if the contract was entered into electronically and uh, is above 120 euros, and of course, 
the very important right to use consumer mediation. And finally, I'd like to draw everyone's attention to the fact that France is kind of a pioneer in Europe in respect of the circular economy, and they are demanding environmental laws as part of uh, consumer protection now. For example, for certain products, there's mandatory spare parts availability, mandatory disclosure of repairability index, of a recyclability index, and you have laws that regulate in a very detailed way whether and how a company may communicate on carbon neutrality. In order to do so, you must support your claims with a very comprehensive dossier with a list of mandatory information regarding For example, how direct and indirect emissions are avoided, then reduced, then offset, and that over the full life cycle of the product. So quite demanding. Alessandro, over to you for Italy. Yeah, thank you, Greg. Italy, just like France, has a comprehensive legal framework for consumer protection that includes a variety of laws and regulations designed to ensure fair and transparent business practices, protect consumer health and safety, and safeguard uh, the interests of vulnerable consumers. The Italian regulatory framework on consumer protection mainly includes the Italian Consumer Code, which is the main piece of legislation that sets out consumer protection in Italy and the fundamental rights and obligations of consumer and businesses in consumer transactions. The Italian Civil Code, which contains provisions relating to contracts in general and torts, but also liability for damages. The Italian competition law that is designed to ensure fair competition and protect consumers from anti-competitive practices. And then we have a variety of law around safety, regulating the safety of consumer products. And that sets out requirements for product labeling, testing and certification, as well as procedures for recalling unsafe products from the market. And finally, clearly, we have the Italian data protection laws, mailing the European GDPR, which regulate the collection and processing and storage of personal data by businesses. While most of these laws stem from European legislation, Italy, like other member states, implemented those laws with its own nuances, which need to be taken into consideration when conducting consumer-facing businesses in Italy. For instance, the warranty regime in Italy is slightly different compared to other countries in the EU, and there may be nuances also in what is perceived as deceptive advertising or what falls under the scope of the unfair contract terms regime. Tilo. Thank you. As in France and Italy, also under German laws, there is an intense regime covering consumer protection. Many aspects are based on EU-wide requirements. Also, Germany has, in addition, introduced further-reaching requirements, even enhancing the EU protection level. One example is the so-called termination button. It requires businesses offering online the conclusion of contracts for services or products over a certain period of time against consideration to provide for a one-click-to-terminate solution. The general idea seems agreeable. They often practice shady practices to make it difficult for the customer to terminate shall be prevented. However, the applicable requirements are criticized as being too detailed and inflexible. Also, although this is a German particularity, it requires international companies to adjust their websites at a larger scale, And that is quite complicated. Another example are new restrictions on the duration and renewal of contracts. The aim is to avoid customers being caught in their renewing contracts. 
while contracts may still remain binding for a period of two years, after this initial period only an automatic extension for an indefinite period is permitted, and in such cases the consumer have the right to terminate the so extended contract at any time with a notice period of no more than one month. One of the issues for impacted companies, e.g. companies offering subscription services, is that the current accounting practices can hardly reflect such practice and have to be adjusted. Vicky, sounds quite confusing, does it? I'm confused, Kilo. <laughs> Now that we've examined the legal framework among the US and some of the key member states in the EU, let's talk about some of the risks of non-compliance. Here in the US, the risks of non-compliance with consumer protection laws can lead to penalties, including civil penalties. In the US, our Federal Trade Commission has in recent years stepped up its enforcement of alleged deceptive advertising practices, for example. We also have risks of class actions, such as in the case of violations of auto renewal statutes in those states that have them, like my own state here in California. Here in California, we're also on the more aggressive end of the spectrum when it comes to protecting consumers. On January 1st of this year, with the passage of the Consumer Privacy Rights Act, California consumers now have a private right of action against companies who don't implement reasonable security measures for the personal information they collect. Alessandro, Tilo, and Greg, what are some of the key enforcement risks in your respective jurisdictions? Yeah, thanks, Vicky. Uh, under Italian law, there are uh, several enforcement risks related to consumer protection that businesses need to be aware of. Among the main risks, I would mention deceptive advertising. So businesses that engage in deceptive advertising practices can face enforcement action and sanctions from the Italian Competition Authority. Another issue is unfair contract terms. So Italian law prohibits businesses from using unfair contract terms in their agreements with consumers, such as, for instance, excessively one-sided or even unclear or hidden and the fine print terms. And if a court finds that a contract term is unfair, the term may be declared void, so it would be unenforceable, and sanctions can be up to 5 million euro. And the authority can also require undertakings from the operator. So big liability involved here. Another area where you would find enforcement risk is a product liability. So Italian law imposes strict liability on manufacturers and sellers for any harm caused by defective products. This means that if a consumer is harmed by a product that is defective, they can sue the manufacturer and also the distributor and the seller for damages. And this can include physical harm as well as financial harm caused by the product. Another issue that you might want to consider is class actions. Under Italian law, consumers can bring class action lawsuits against businesses for violation of consumer protection laws. And where a court finds that a business has engaged in a violation, it can order the business to pay damages to the entire class of uh, affected consumers. And finally, another important risk to be taken into consideration is data protection violations. As you might be aware, businesses that collect and process personal data from consumers in the EU are subject to the GDPR. And violation of the general data protection regulation can result in fines of up to 4% of a business global revenue or 20 million, whichever is the highest. Greg, 
for France? Sure. Well, in France, enforcement is also quite strict. Any violation of consumer law comes with an expensive price tag. It can be in the form of administrative fines, or it could be that the Consumer Protection Authority press charges with the public prosecutor, and then there could be some certain criminal sanctions. And criminal sanctions can be fairly high. For example, for misleading commercial practices, they are punishable by up to two years imprisonment and some fines. Fines for the company manager and fines for the company itself. So what amounts are we talking about? Up to 300,000 euros for individuals, so for the company manager, and uh, up to 1.5 million euros for the company. It can be increased to up to 10% of the average annual turnover during the three preceding financial years. That's again for management and up to 50% for legal entity or up to 50% of the cost of the practice that triggered the violation. Again, that's for the individual and up to 250% of the cost as a sanction to the company. And uh, these uh, rates of fine may be increased for individuals up to 80% of the cost of the practice constituting the offense or 400% for legal entities if the practice, if the misleading practice, is in respect of an environmental claim. And there can be severe additional sanctions for the company representative, including, for example, prohibition from holding a public office or carrying out a uh, business or corporate activity or, or from having any commercial or industrial activity and several other possible sanctions. So it's fairly severe. For companies, also additional sanctions, including prohibition from conducting business, placement for a period of up to five years under judicial supervision, or even temporary or permanent closure. There could also be class actions, which are called group actions under French law, but it's still not very common practice. And competitors, let's not forget that competitors could bring a claim for damages, assuming they can prove any damage, obviously. And this would happen if they can argue that the noncompliance is actually an unfair competition tort. So a wide array of possible sanctions for noncompliance with consumer law. Tilo, what about Germany? Roughly speaking, this is in a similar way true for Germany. Lawmakers and courts have set up quite rigid regimes similar to those in France and Italy, safeguarding the introduced restrictions. Non-compliance has become a substantial risk. Just to provide another example, in specific constellation, it is still legally unclear which information on withdrawal has to be provided to the consumer exactly. The wrong information, however, leads to the consumer's right to withdraw the agreement for a period of at least one year and not having to pay, at least to a certain extent, the relevant lease or other considerations. Vicky. Thanks, Tilo. So given the complex regulatory framework and the risk of enforcement, it probably makes sense now to take a look at some best practices that we can suggest to companies looking to launch a consumer-focused business on a global scale. I'm going to ask my colleagues now to identify one or two key best practices or approaches for each of their jurisdictions. Greg, would you like to go first? Sure. For me, I'd say that best practice is to never assume that what works in a B2B context will work in a B2C environment because rules are drastically different. You really must adapt contracts and also must adapt all interfaces and documentation that target French consumers. You should, for example, appoint a consumer mediator 
That typically means becoming a member of the dispute resolution organization prior to your being able to offer consumer mediation to your customers. And this is mandatory. And the law evolves very fast and goes in many directions too. So it's very important to stay current and to share the information group-wide regarding local peculiarities, in particular of the countries that, like France, protect consumers the most. And um, Alessandro, can you tell us about Italy? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Greg. What I would say, I would suggest to never underestimate consumer law in any country where you know businesses want to operate. Given the sanctions that are attached to violations of consumer protection regulations, so I, I would suggest to always, you know, stay up to date, uh, conduct research on consumer protection law, and it's important for companies to understand the regulatory framework around consumer protection in the countries where they do businesses. And this means, for instance, that the company should ensure that their products, uh, marketing materials, business practices follow clear local laws. Secondly, it would be relevant to develop a comprehensive compliance program for companies, as well as take a proactive approach to addressing consumer complaints. So this would include establishing, for instance, a customer service program that is responsive to consumer inquiries and complaints, Companies should also have a process in place for handling complaints and resolving disputes with consumers. In addition to this, to ensure that products and services are tailored to local markets, companies might also consider localizing their offerings. So this would include adapting product design, packaging and marketing materials to meet the needs and preferences of consumers in the different countries. Finally, I would say that companies should stay up to date on emerging trends and best practices relating to consumer protection and also aligning their operations to the decisions of the relevant, the relevant authorities. So by staying informed, companies would ensure that they are taking a proactive approach to consumer protection and staying you know, ahead of potential risks. Till over to you. Yeah, thank you. Maybe another very general observation. While the challenges seem overwhelming on first sight, they are, of course, manageable, in particular if worked through step by step. For international companies entering the European market in several countries, we found it a useful start to cope with these challenges in one country on a comprehensive basis. And we recommend that this should be one of the countries with more or most rigid laws, likely one of the countries represented here, France, Italy or Germany. And then having set up the requirements and terms for one such country, adjusting for the others is quite easy if compared. While there are still many deviations within the EU, as we heard, the general attempt to harmonization clearly helps in this respect and makes it easier then to go step by step within the European Union. Thanks, Greg, Tilo and Alessandro for sharing your insights with us today. We hope that we have given our audience some food for thought when considering a launch of a consumer facing product or service. This is our final episode of season one for the Better Contracts podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Please do reach out if you have any topics you would like us to cover in the future. Thank you.